Hello everyone, it's Dr. Sam. I'd like to welcome you to my Eye Clarity Podcast. This is a show that offers cutting edge information on how to improve your vision and overall wellness through holistic methods. I so appreciate you spending part of your day with me. If you have questions, you can send them to hello at drsamburn.com. Now to the latest Eye Clarity episode. Hey everybody, it's Dr. Sam, and I'd like to welcome you to another Eye Clarity podcast. So today, I'm going to give you a bird's eye view of a session I gave recently with somebody who was diagnosed with macular degeneration. You know, macular degeneration is the number one cause of blindness today, and it is increasing by epidemic proportions. And in this session... I lay out the cause and the treatments. So enjoy the show, and thanks for tuning in. So in macular degeneration, the macula is the part of the retina where we see pinpoint acuity, clarity. It's also a place where we have color vision, and it makes up less than 1% of the real estate of the retina. So it's a very, very tiny part of the the entire picture of the retina. And yet it's very important because it helps us with the detail. The other interesting thing about the macula is that it's a part of the eye that doesn't have blood vessels that run directly through it. And what that means is, is that it relies on its nutrient support indirectly. So if there is a reduced circulation in the retina or just, you know, because of aging, what happens is the macula, because it's not getting the nutrients that it needs, it begins to develop free radical accumulation or Another term for that would be oxidative stress that could be coupled with inflammation. And then when you've got the drusen hanging around, those are fatty deposits that also create a sluggishness in the macula's ability or the retina's ability to absorb nutrients. So the retina has one of the highest metabolic needs in the, in the body because of the massive concentration of blood vessels, we call them microcapillaries, and because the the macula is supported by the retina, the macula has the highest metabolic need in the retina. And macular degeneration is probably Mm -hmm. the fastest growing eye disease today, and it's partly due to how we use our eyes, so that's the function of the eyes, and so that's Mm -hmm. screen time, close-up stuff. And then the other piece of that is it seems like we're having more difficulty in absorbing the nutrients that are necessary 
as antioxidants to feed the eyes. And so people are getting these conditions like macular degeneration, cataracts, glaucoma, in epidemic proportions. I mean, it's like more and more people uh, are getting these, you know, these kinds of eye anomalies. And the way the Western medical approach is, we, we treat it in a disease-based way. You got it. it only, it's only going to get worse. It's not really related to your right. body. Um, and that's kind of the story. And in my own evolution, I was trained on the East Coast, and I, I was always interested in a more, let's say, integrative approach. I, I always thought that the body was interrelated and interconnected. And even though I went to a very medically oriented school, I questioned the model as the only answer. And so in my internships and my mentors, and I realized that our eyes are very connected to our brain. That's been proven in neuroscience. In fact, there was a study that came out at the University of Rochester which said 60% of seeing in the eyes is in the brain, the visual cortex. Yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, when I was trained, I was trained to just treat the eyeball, you know, do the scans, do the analysis, and then basically it was either drug, surgery, or watch it. And um, I didn't think that that was a full picture. So I began studying things like acupuncture. And mm -hmm. I learned early in my acupuncture training that the liver, the organ, the liver, rules eye health. Now, we're talking more on an, uh, kind of a meridian. The, the body is, has 12 meridians, major meridians. Right. And so when I started to use acupuncture on different eye conditions, it created a more balanced distribution of energy in the body and the eyes, and the eyesight got better. Then mm. I studied head trauma because I worked with a lot of athletes and some NFL players, some college soccer players, and I saw that they had a lot of soft tissue problems in the eyes if they had had any trauma, not only in the head, but in the brain and in the body. So I went mm -hmm. back to massage school and I studied uh, biodynamic craniosacral therapy, so what Melinda does. And I saw the, right. the relationship between the cerebral spinal fluid in the brain and how that affected the optic nerve and the retina. And when I would start, this is what I would do when I had my conventional office, a person would come in for an exam, like Dr. Rasmussen, but instead of just giving them the prescription, I would take them into another room and I would do about a half hour of craniosacral therapy on them. And then I'd bring them back into the exam room and I'd remeasure their eyes and I could easily reduce the prescription by 30 to 40% after the craniosacral treatment. Wow. And it showed me uh -huh. the relationship of body tension, body posture, and mm -hmm. eye prescriptions. Then I... I was very interested in how the gut 
affected the brain. And since the eyes originate from the brain, in functional medicine, in my training, I realized that gut health and eye health, especially, it was almost like the gut, the internal lining of the gut and the internal lining of the eye, the retina, were simpatico with each other, especially the macula. And when we had a macula issue, what I learned in functional medicine is that there was either dietary absorption issues, there was either candida, or even more serious things like heavy metal toxicity, mold, and so on. And I would lecture to the eye doctors, and they would yank me off the stage. They'd say, what does this have to do with the scans we're doing and the laser surgery we're doing? And I said, it has everything to do with it. And even if I showed them the research, you know, they would say, okay, okay. So the ARID study, we'll kind of go with that. You can take the, the pills. It's probably not going to do much, but, you know, it'll assuage the, the patient. They'll, you know, they'll have something. Mm-hmm. But they weren't really believers in certain nutrients that that NIH study really spotlight, spotlighted like vitamin A and zinc and uh, lutein and omega-3 and things like that. And in one of my functional medicine courses, I was blown away by this because I had a number of patients at that time who were developing macular degeneration, and I was giving them some really high nutrients. I'm a chemist, so I studied a lot of chemistry undergrad. And when I got into practice, I started to look at different uh, combinations of herbs and nutraceuticals and even eye drops that were more natural-based. And so I was giving people, you know, the vitamin A that we need to help the retina. And then I realized in my functional medicine courses that we need a healthy gallbladder, liver gallbladder. And if we're not producing enough bile, the bile is what breaks those fat-soluble vitamins down, like vitamin A and then the ones you mentioned, lutein and zeaxanthin. Those are also fat-soluble vitamins. And so if you're... If your gallbladder is, the the bile is stored in the gallbladder, it's produced in the liver, but if the bile is not produced properly, then you could take all the vitamin A in the world, carrots, you know, all that, but you're not absorbing the lutein and the zeaxanthin. So once we identified that and we started to do things like give bile salts or support the gallbladder with, uh, with acupuncture, then people's eyes got better. So again, I brought this up to the eye doctors. They're like, that's crazy. We're not, we're not going to go. That's too, too involved in something else. And I say, no, 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 really. You're, you're promoting these vitamins. Your patients, their eyes. Yeah, right. But yeah. as you see, Dr. Rasmussen, he's got all the fancy equipment, and he's great at diagnosing, but then mm-hmm. what do you do? You know, what's... I remember giving a lecture about five years ago to a group of optometry students in Philly, Philadelphia. And I said to them, there are like 250 white coats in the room. I wasn't wearing a white coat. I was kind of past that. I said, so what happens if your patient gets macular degeneration? And all the responses were, 
We just watch it. That's all we're going to do. We're just going to watch it. And I said, well, here's the acupuncture model, thousands of years of proof. And they're like, no, no, it's, it's too much. We, we're not acupuncturists. I said, you don't have to be, but to know that if you, say, gave milk thistle as a, as a liver herb to detox the liver, you could actually improve a person's eyesight. No, no, no. It's, it's, where's the reason? No, no, we just can't do it. And so I've left traditional eye care behind because they're great at diagnosing, but they're limited in what they can do to help. So what I want to give you is I want to give you a roadmap, step one, two, three, keep it simple. Maybe we follow, you follow me for a little bit and, uh, you know, we talk again sometime in the future. Maybe even sometime you can come to my home office. Um, I don't see a lot of patients, but maybe for you I, I would. I, I see Melinda. But the point of the story is, is that there are many things that you could do to up your health, even with this, and even this uh, episode that you had, the, what they're calling the right. migraine because I want to share a riveting point right now, which you may not know, and you may need to digest this for a while, and you may not even believe it, but I know it to be true because I've seen it in five to 10,000 patients. So I'm fairly confident in what I'm going to show you. So on the screen here is a diagram of your bifocal glasses. And Mm -hmm. when you look at the glasses, the only part of the lens that you're able to use is right in the middle here, right down the center. It's a very, it's a very small part. All of this squiggly stuff is unusable. The point of this is that whoever gave you that prescription has said to you, the only part of your eyeball that you can really use to see is your macula. So your macula is doing almost all of your seeing because of the progressive lens. It is probably the worst optical system for you to be using. And now with this macula situation, with the drusen, It's putting even more pressure and stress on your brain and your maculas to do all the work. So there is a, you you can feel that. And that's, then the other thing is, and I'm going to send you a podcast that I just did um, on prisms. And when you listen to that show, you're going to go, Oh, uh-huh. I'm wearing a one direction on one eye and another opposite direction on the other eye. What is this guy thinking? What, right. what, you know, and he's probably some crackerjack, you know, guy in Chicago. And they all do this. They, they do the prisms. They have no idea that it's weakening your vision even more. So you've got the prisms and you've got the progressive lenses. And then the third piece to this 
is you've got nearsightedness, and nearsightedness is a mental, psychological, physical tunneling of your vision. And when you're wearing six layers of lens, that is a lot of mental tension that you're using to tunnel. And if you could start to engage 1% more of your peripheral vision, you would get out of this rabbit hole. I'm just saying 1%. And the eyes have a plasticity to them. I don't care what the other doctors say, because the research Mm -hmm. clearly says that we have a neuroplasticity of being able to regenerate or create new pathways in the eyes. That's why they now have stem cell replacement. That's why they're doing all these alternative therapies. But you don't even have to do all that. You can just change the mapping of the brain by doing some physical therapy on your eyes. That creates a new experience and it opens your vision up. And I can speak from a first order experience because when I was a kid, I was very nearsighted, like you. I was really nearsighted. And I met a holistic eye doctor very early in my career, and he helped me dissolve my entire eyeglass prescription, 100%. You see now, I'm not wearing any glasses. And I completely dissolved that. And when I went back to my school and told them what they did, they said, kid, that's an anecdotal thing. Shut up. We're not interested in that idea. So um, we're going to do it in stages so that it's not going to shock the hell out of you. And you'll do something and go, oh, I see improvement already. So let's start with the ingredients that your, your macula and retina need to improve its mm-hmm. circulation. And there's a, I don't know, there's a term that's thrown around in neuroscience. Now, I don't hear about it much in eye care. I wish they talked about it more. And it has to do with the energy producers called mitochondria. Have you ever heard of yeah. mitochondria? So they're the lit- yeah. little energy cells, the energy producers, and the retina has one of the highest concentration of mitochondria. And Mm -hmm. when we develop these conditions, like what you have, there's an impediment in the mitochondria function. So they can't produce enough energy, and this is what creates this accumulation of the, um, you know, of the oxidative stress. And you can coexist with drusen, as long as you're doing some things to support systemic and metabolic health and reducing stress and stimulating a lot more of your, your retina and your vision. So there are ways to neutralize that. Okay, so the doctor you were working with, he's giving you some, some ideas, you know, the lutein and the zeaxanthin. Sounds like it's in a formulation. And that, that's a first step. Now, the one thing that I am going to kind of aim you towards is to consider mm-hmm. 
that there's some other things that are missing in what is in that formula because I'm looking at the cutting edge research. I'm looking at the newest research out there and what is, is improving microcapillary circulation. So I'm gonna reference the ARID study, which was done in 2001 and, and then the, the 2006. Vitamin E. Vitamin E was, was said, okay, that's really important for macular health. But then, lately, there's a new form of vitamin E that comes from a plant. It's called an Anato, A-N-N-A-T-T-O, vitamin E. And I started to use it with my patients about three years ago, and it really accelerated their macular degeneration to get better. In other words, it reduced that. And I was able to formulate it now in a, in a, in a, on my web store. So that would be number one. And natto vitamin E, I would add that to what the other doctor has recommended. And you can go on my website. You can look at the science. It's very easy. It's in a liquid form that you, you actually put it in water and you drink it. So it's not something you put directly on the eye. The second um, ingredient that I have found to be super helpful for the macula is a spice that you probably know called saffron. Saffron sure. has one of the highest an, uh, concentrations of antioxidants that's really beneficial for macular health. Studies have shown that saffron is really great. Now, what I was able to do was, again, as a chemist, formulate that into a supplement at a reasonable price, because saffron can be very expensive. And so those would be two add-ons that I would, I would get for me. And then the third one would be, I'd start using my natural eye drops called MSM drops. And I would get the 5% MSM, and the 5% MSM, MSM is a sulfur molecule. It's the third leading trace mineral found in the body. And mm -hmm. it supports collagen in the eye. It's an anti-inflammatory agent. And it will lubricate and moisturize your eyes, which neutralizes drusen production, because drusen likes to grow in a dry environment. And the other thing it will do is it will lubricate your macula. So when you've got dry macular degeneration, the macula is basically drying out. And that's where you start getting these distortions. So you would use this 5% MSM maybe about four times a day. It's very gentle. It's very soothing. I have a second percentage that's much higher, but it burns when it goes in the eyes. And I don't want to do that with you right now. I want to see if we can get some stable improvement. So you're gonna take the, you know, the supplementation that the other doctor said, and then add the saffron, add the Anato E, and add the MSM 5%. And then in terms of diet, now I'm bringing in the things I've learned in functional medicine, you're probably already doing this. Sure. You want to make sure you're taking some type of probiotics or you're getting some kind of probiotics in your gut because probiotics mm -hmm. is the healthy microbiome. It's the healthy bacteria and it'll help in the absorption, okay? So mm -hmm. whether you do you know, some kind of a supplementation or you're doing a little bit of fermented foods like kefir or sauerkraut or whatever, 
you want to think about supporting your microbiome. That's really important in the absorption. Number two, you want to make sure you're getting enough healthy fats in your diet, like omega-3. In fact, omega-3, the, the retina is made up of about 50% fatty acids. It's very, very fatty tissue. And so if you're not doing it already, I would get a really good omega-3 supplement. Two companies that I trust would be Metagenics, and they, they sell something called Omegagenics 1000, 1,000 milligrams. And you want to be taking between two and 3,000 milligrams a day of your omega-3. That could help in this proactive um, practice in reducing this migraine or whatever happened to you. Because one of the things that the omega-3s do is they improve your brain circulation, they reduce inflammation, and it's really an important ingredient for macular health, brain health, neurological health, nervous system. We can't produce omega-3, so the other sources of it would be in a plant-based or a vegan-based would be like walnuts or chia seeds. You can make chia pudding. Flax is okay as well. You can grind up the seeds, although that doesn't give you the same amount, but you could certainly use that. And then you can get things like wild-caught salmon, the pink... Uh, right. seafood. And you're also getting something else called astaxanthin, which is the marine carotenoid that's also very imp important for macular health. So you want to get about 12 milligrams of astaxanthin a day. I sell it on my website so you can look at it as well. But in any case, the healthy fats and oils are really important. We tend to get more of the omega-6 and not enough of the omega-3. So omega-6 would be like olive oil. And, and, and certainly you can, you know, have those things. But it's the omega-3s that for many people are deficient in. So then in terms of the rainbow diet, red, orange, yellow are those plant pigments that are really feeding the macula. So you can think about those vegetables that are red, orange, yellow, and then the greens, those would be great for you. And then maybe, you know, on a fruit level, the berries are really good for circulation. Like in my eye vitamin, I put some berries in there. It's called bilberry. It's really good for retina circulation. Um, but for now, you know, you can look at my eye vitamin and maybe eventually when you use up what you have, you can move to mine because I've got ginkgo in it which is also very good for vascular health of the retina. Taurine, which is an amino acid, which is also very important for optic nerve health and macular health. But in any case, if you do the red, orange, yellow, green veggies, um, you're getting those plant pigments. And considering, okay, probiotics and enzymes, those are really important. You know, we stopped producing enzymes at about age 30, 35. I mean, we just don't have the same pancreatic juice. And so making sure you're, you know, like HCL or, um, you know, Biotics is a company I like that uh, has a good betaine HCL. 
um, hydrochloric. So taking that after a meal. So um, things like avocados are really great. Asparagus is really great. Um, you know, organic, um, cage-free um, eggs is, is really good. Those are really good for your eyes. They've got like lutein in them, which is, you know, part of what you're looking at. And, you know, it's okay if you're a meat eater, but just do, you know, free range, organic if you can. And mm -hmm. another thing that seems to affect the retina health is too much glucose in the blood. So in other words, a lot of carbs can be detrimental. We, we want to lower the carbohydrates and increase the fats and the proteins. And that's just kind of a tweak. So, you know, if you're doing long grain uh, carbs, that's fine. But uh, be careful about, you know, too many carbs because it's the glucose levels that starve the retina because the sugar component creates more inflammation and just more depletion. Um, so that's kind of a general broad brush that I would take a look at, adding those supplements, the eye drops, the dietary thing, focusing on the fats and oils. That's a beginning. Mm -hmm. You know, you can also, things that are really great for the macula would be curcumin. So cooking with some Indian spice. Uh, ginger root is also very good, anti-inflammatory. Uh, so those are, those are some things I would, you know, make sure just checking off the box. And then um, some other things to consider, and we may need to, we may need to, uh, you know, address this a little differently. But so a really um, interesting concept is this idea of the bigger the window you look through, the more peripheral vision you have, which means that right now I wouldn't throw away the progressive lenses, but what I would consider is getting a pair of single vision glasses to use maybe around the house, an indoor prescription, something that works for your screen, and I'd get a blue blocker in it because blue light is another thing that can damage the macula. That comes from our screens, LED lights, and maybe you already have that in your prescription, I don't know. But we, what I would do is I would take the, the distance and the reading and I probably would split it. And the other thing I might consider doing is reducing or taking away the astigmatism because astigmatism is another tension creating situation in the eyeball that maybe you don't need. And at the very least, what I would suggest is like you're at 6.5 right now. I would maybe consider bringing you down to like a minus 450 or 475. And it'll probably work really great for your screen time. But if you start wearing that indoors, your eyes are going to start improving. You'll have less tension. And eventually that could become your distance prescription. And there's a, there's a huge influence when you start wearing less powerful nearsighted glasses in terms of how much tension your eyes release. 
And I know this firsthand because it happened in my own case. And again, with thousands of patients, when they start wearing a reduced prescription, they'll say immediately, my eyes feel more relaxed. And some of that wonkiness and some of that, you know, this is not quite right. And, you know, you, you get to start to back off from what that prescription is doing to you, the strong one, which is locking down your energy flow and circulation. And it could also be one of the trigger points of this whole episode that you went into where you're wearing something that's too strong and, and too to tunneling for you. So there's a couple ways we could do the the reduced prescription. One way would be um, if you're locally in Santa Fe, you could come for an appointment and I I could actually, you know, really fine tune some something reduced and then maybe even giving you some other eye therapy, very powerful myopia reducing exercises that could really open up your vision. And by doing that, it will start to change mental, psychological, and physically how you are seeing through your eyeballs. And it's gonna engage much more of your vision than the maculas right now. And that in itself could reverse some of this deterioration because you are putting an incredible amount of your vision through your maculas exclusively and you're leaving 99% of your vision behind. In the meantime, between, you know, that when you might come and see me, I would like you to start going without your glasses in non-demanding and non-threatening situations and notice what comes up for you emotionally, psychologically, around your blur. Now I'm going to uh-huh. I'm going to jump forward here and this is kind of advanced what I'm going to say but I, and this is a hypothesis that I have with nearsighted people and I've proven it enough where I I feel confident in saying it that when we are nearsighted there's a mental hypervigilance that we are mentally putting through our eyeballs because we do not want any blurry vision because that could mean something bad could happen to us. And right. I, <laughs> you can, well, I, I know you can resonate with that because it was resonating with me when I did that with my doctor. And so when I just started to take the lenses off and interact with my mental fear around what that meant and I relaxed into it, this is kind of what, what Bates talked about around yeah. the tension that we carried in our eyes. Now, there is a very specific requirement in this practice. So you have to sign at the dotted line in blood to really follow this agreement. And the agreement is this. You only do this in non-demanding, non-threatening situations and if it, you at all start feeling uncomfortable or frustrated or whatever, you put your glasses on. And you never mm-hmm. would do this like driving or writing a check or, you know, right. whatever. But you'll notice that eventually 
mentally there's going to be a relaxation because blur is about relaxing. It's about receiving the world. It's about much more peripheral vision. It's about being more intuitive. There are many positive things to the blur. And in fact, in some of my advanced uh, workshops, I give people the opposite prescription to wear. So like, let's say you're minus six, I give them a plus six and I have them interact with that level of blur for a minute. And then they take those off and they go, my goodness, I'm, I'm seeing much clearer because I allowed myself to relax into the blur. And so the dirty secret here is the way you heal your vision is by relaxing mentally into the blur when you're in a safe situation. Because there's, there's a connection with myopia and fear, myopia and I don't trust what I see, myopia and tension, myopia and hypervigilance. And I know this because thousands of patients have told me this as they've healed their myopia. This is what they're, yeah. wow, I went through, when I was eight years old, I couldn't see the board and the teacher came down on me with it and I felt shame. And so I got these glasses and they tightened me up and I could, you know, memorize my way, th whatever the story is. But that's a historical part of you that's feeding into this whole tunneling, macula-centric situation. And the thing is, is if you can get rid of a lot of the stress, then you coexist with the drusen. It's not going to affect you. Drusen likes stress. It grows in stress. And it also grows when there aren't enough nutrients to uh, support the retina. That's a simplistic way of saying it, but I've observed drusen over the years with the scanning and the things that I've done. And when my patients start to improve their vision, I notice the drusen starts to recede. It's not even part of the equation anymore. And what I learned in school, like the doctor you went to, oh my God, drusen, that's it. That's the killer. Oh, yeah. And it doesn't have to be. You know, there's a natural um, remedy to bring the cholesterol down that you could look at, and it's called red yeast rice. I don't know if you've ever yeah, heard of it. And so sometimes that can help. I mean, I've even seen the Mayo Clinic support it. Uh, WebMD has supported it. Um, so in, I, again, the statins, that's rough. You know, that, there's a lot of uh, controversy in, the, in that. But I'm glad you know about red yeast rice and, you know, maybe that's, that's a way that you can uh, manage it. But in any case... Um, that can be a, a, an indicator, and then liver health as well. So then it comes down to, in these vitamin A, lutein, and zeaxanthin, what is the state of your liver health, gallbladder health? Do you have a history of something going on there? If you do, then one of the supplements I would suggest to help you absorb your vitamin A and fat-soluble vitamins more would be just to get some bile salts and take, take them after a meal, and that will help you be able to absorb vitamin A and um, uh, lutein and zeaxanthin better. So that's just something to note, and maybe we can talk about that in further sessions if you're not sure about that, but that could also be a game changer for you in terms of getting more of those fat-soluble nutrients into the retina. 
The other thing that the vitamin A needs, and hopefully this supplement you're taking, you should look, is that zinc is in it because zinc is another very important trace mineral that helps in the vitamin A's absorption. And I'm assuming that if somebody is promoting a supplementation, that zinc is in there. That's, that's very important, but in any case. Right. So we're, we're coming down. It's a, Wow, the air hours is gone. What I'm going to say is this, that um, take a look at those uh, recommendations that I made, and I'll send some links for you so you can easily find them. Um, and then um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send you my podcast that I just did on prisms so you can understand that. And then um, start taking your glasses off in the non-demanding, non-threatening situations. I'm also going to give you an eye exercise to do, which is a Bates exercise, but it's even much more effective because I've added another piece to it. You'll see the exercise and you go, oh, this is familiar. But even just doing it once a day can really be beneficial in clearing up your eyesight. And then um, in terms of this progressive lens situation, um, I would... uh, I would consider coming at some point with your glasses to to my uh, office and we'll calculate some kind of a reduced prescription for you that, again, could be a game changer. You know, I remember my doctor gave me a reduced prescription, and so I was in my office and I was working. And my staff said to me, are you on antidepressants? You seem much lighter, much happier. And I said, no, I'm wearing a reduced prescription. (laughs) And I realized that just by wearing that reduced prescription, I was less anxious. I was more relaxed because any lens you put on is affecting the light coming into the eyes. That's affecting your nerves, your muscles, your brain, your endocrine system. And that was really blew me away when I, so I know that just getting into some kind of a reduced single vision lens would be really helpful just in being able to see better. So before I end the podcast, I want all the listeners to know that there are things that you can do systemically, metabolically, with herbs, nutraceuticals, your diet, and then functionally with different prescriptions that you might wear where you're not using progressive lenses or making sure you're getting blue blockers on the lenses to improve your macula health. So we'll leave it there. Thanks for tuning in today. Take care. Thank you for listening. I hope you learned something from the iClarity podcast show today. If you enjoyed the episode, make sure to subscribe on iTunes or Spotify and leave a review. See you here next time.